0: actually oh yeah 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 i had um i had some grant money from um a thing i'd done at the university that i had to it was one of those thing deals where if i didn't spend it you know yeah quickly i was gonna lose it and so i i bought um i'm teaching a podcasting class next semester and so oh, i okay. and bought a, a roadcaster set up and gonna play around with that some during the summer and you know some ideas for what I can do That sounds very interesting. It's uh I mean it's a it's a nice little setup. I like the I like the um the roadcaster a lot. I mean it, it has a lot of like uh, soft keys on it so you are you know, not making any noise while you're you're um recording. Um it's a really cool interface.
1: Just, what are you talking to like that? Stupid dog come here Anyway, um so money in the bank is coming up. Cheney, are you watching? Are we watching Cheney? Do you want to watch Money in the Bank? When's that? Sunday at seven, probably. So I know you can be at work, but when you come back, I'll probably have it on and I'll I'll be probably in here. I'll so. probably like put it on, honestly. Like I'll join you. will I'll probably be in here with it on so just let me know. Look at the dog. Look at him. He's trying to escape. I don't know why Shailen put him in here, but she must have been make, He must have been making her mad. So, so
0: anyway, uh, what'd you say? I so said I'm also recording Game Four tonight, right now, so I can I can watch that later because I should have started 17 minutes ago. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So let's see matches for Money in the Bank. Uh, there are six matches. Let's see what we think is going to happen. So, first match, I don't know if these are in order. Probably, I would hope they're not in order, but this is the first one on this list. Uh, You've got the Money in the Bank ladder match for the men. You have Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, and uh, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. A lot of people. Eight eight superstars in the... uh, in the Money in the Bank, Lowry, what do you think? What are you? Uh, what are your predictions for that match? Who is going to win the men's Money in the Bank match this year? Uh, I mean, this is this is a tough
0: lineup for the the men. You know, I, I don't know. That there's an obvious winner out there, but then I feel like they've I feel like they've purposely gone out of their way with the men's Money in the Bank ladder match the last couple of years and tried to sort of swerve people, keep you from knowing who was going to win. I mean, I. I don't think anyone had Otis winning the the match last year. And he just, did he get to use uses t- Did he use it? No, no. So he lost oh, the Money in the Bank briefcase to the Miz right. at pay view, and then the Miz cashed in shortly oh, thereafter God, Bobby Lashley. I, that's
1: right. Such a waste! Such a waste! I hate when they do stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean I think they were figuring they
0: it would elevate him just by him having the, the briefcase, but they never really mm-hmm. intended for him to use it. I mean
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, if I if I had to if I had to pick here, I would imagine that it's probably gonna be riddled just because then they could do a lot of really interesting things with riddle. Um not really understanding why Randy Orton is irritated by the fact that this, this guy hmm. basically took what should have been, in Randy's mind, his spot in the match, and he goes on to win what should be his Money in the Bank briefcase.
1: Yeah,
0: <clears throat> and you know it, it could set up um, some potential feuds there. Um, I mean, I can see that that storyline sort of playing out. Um, I could see. I, I would say that Seth Rollins could win it, but I mean, if yeah. let let's say Seth Rollins wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, um, I, I don't see who he's supposed to, uh, you know, build heat with. He they're he, they're not going to have him face Roman. They're not going to do that that you know, heel heel matchup on mm-hmm. SmackDown. And I don't see Lashley losing the. Belt anytime soon. So if that's the case, then I just I, you know I, I don't I don't think it makes sense. I think it has to be a baby face that wins, and Brittle makes the most sense to me. I I, I think that they could be positioning um, uh,
1: Ricochet potentially to uh, that would be. I think that's my and Cheney's pick for who we'd want to win. Although it, I think it would be. The only chance they give it to Ricochet is if they have him planning to go against Bobby Lashley and winning because he's not. I mean, Roman Reigns is too big. I think they're building up for a potential John Cena match if, at SummerSlam if that really happens. And they're not going to put it on him, and he's certainly not going to challenge John Cena anytime soon. So you've got that side of the storyline that seems like it's already being taken care of. And so on the on the flip side, you know, I as much as I think Bobby Lashley could lose to Kofi. I think that they've done a great job of making him look like he was going to lose. But I I don't I would not be surprised if um, if Kofi loses this match. I expect him to as much as I love him as a wrestler and love what he can do. um, Seeing him not in the Money in the Bank ladder match is kind of like seeing him not in a Royal Rumble. You know, you look forward to seeing those matches because, you know, he's going to do some ridiculous stunt to keep himself in. And I fully expect that to be Ricochet's um, uh, spot in this one because he's really the only true high flyer besides John Morrison. But John Morrison's significantly older. He's the only high flyer in the match. Um, And so I'm sure there's going to be a big spot for him, which it's kind of weird the way that it has gone. I mean, you think traditionally ladder matches – you either have powerhouses against powerhouses in some type of like, we're finally going to destroy this feud type of match. But then you get, you know, pure athletes like you think about the Hardy Boys and all of their and Edge Christian who are, are not high flyers per se, but certainly incredibly athletic superstars. You know, you get them in, in a match like that. But how these matches have been going the past couple of years, I mean, even having someone like Otis in the match is something that you do not expect. Although, he he definitely has um, more athleticism than most. Very Vader esque in the way that he can do things um, for his size. Mm. But even that is—it's still odd to have this this big of a matchup in the in latter match. In my opinion.
0: yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I think you're absolutely right in terms of um, you know what Ricochet's role is going to be in this match. Like he's he's absolutely he's taking on the Kofi role. Um, and I think to a certain degree, Morrison is doing the same thing. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they they sort of said, you know, we we've got to have some guys in there that are gonna, you know, do crazy Jeff Hardy esque sort of spots and just kill themselves mm-hmm. in this match for your entertainment, <laughs> um, take years off of their lives wow. and their careers. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I it, if if I had to put my money on someone, I would say Riddle is gonna. Win this match. I I wish I could say Matt Riddle because it, it annoys I, me to no end. I'm when they so sick of the them names. doing that. They did the <laughs> same thing to Shansey. I just saw, you know, this, this I was match, just gonna
1: uh, yep. SmackDown,
0: they, the, Blackheart and, and Tegan Knox made their, their main roster debuts and they cut both their names down. Now
1: it's just Knox oh. and, <laughs> uh, Chauncey. Well, that's then, but what, what's interesting about that is that's the name of their tag team, Shot, um, um, Knox and Shotzi, but like if you look on WWE website, Shotzi Black is listed as just Shotzi, mm-hmm. but uh, Knox is listed as not as, as T Knox on the website and the okay, superstar. So they're, they're so, her her name. I don't know, it's very, very interesting. But I wish they would stop giving people names and then changing them and it meaning nothing. I mean, yeah. dropping Matt from Matt Riddle was, was simply pointless, even Rusev. I mean, Rusev is is definitely a much more um, daunting name than Alexander Rusev. But it, it, it's, I saw for him, I guess it serves a purpose. But for most of these name changes, where you're just dropping the name, it, it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, if you're you're gonna get me invested in a character in NXT, and they're gonna be there for three or four years. And then suddenly you're going to bring them up to the main roster and you're going to say, oh, no, that name that you've been saying for three or four years? No, 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 no we're not using that. Don't no. be ridiculous. It's like um, people
1: aren't allowed to have last names. Like, sure, they're ring names, I yeah. get it. But, I, I mean, like, give them a first name. It's bizarre. Yeah,
0: it, it it's it's such ticky-tacky, micromanaging
1: garbage. I just, I, I have no time for it. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, moving on to the next Money in the Bank ladder match. We have, Oscar, uh, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki, Ash. I don't know if that's, if that's what I, I, whatever. Liv Morgan, who, Liv Morgan is, nope, that's, I'm sorry. That was, uh, Mandy Rose who's on her way to NXT. Uh, so Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, welcome back. Natalia. And to be determined, we still don't know that eighth spot in that match, I suppose. Um, any predictions there? I, I mean, I, I think Alexa bliss is going to have a, a spot or two of her match. I, I wish, I just wish there was some transformation so she can come back. I, I am so sick of her non wrestling matches. Cause she's an incredible athlete, an incredible um, um, wrestler. And she's just losing out on her abilities to show that. So, so that's a very interesting point. Gage. I think I actually did read that. Um, somewhere recently.
0: Yeah, he had to admit to... Um, well, so there were a couple of things. He had to admit to a uh, a, a scandal where it became very obvious he had cheated on his, his wife with a, a, another wrestler. And I think the the same wrestler who posted some screenshots that made it clear that he had been doing that had um, accused him of, um, of raping or sexually assaulting her Um, while they were both on the indies, and and, I mean, he denied that, and she said that he did do it, Um, and I think the WWE actually, you know, considered taking some action for a little while, and then they just, they didn't do it. I I honestly think that part of the reason that he, he sort of slipped under the radar to a certain degree is because, and I, the timeline may be a little messed up for me here, but I feel like that was happening at around the same time that the stuff with, um, velvet, uh, uh Dream. Dream was going okay. on, at, you know? And, and so two guys that they had both spent a huge amount of time building up and they, they, I think they felt like they knew they were going to lose Velveteen Dream, mm-hmm. um, sooner or later because of his accusations. And they were just determined they were going to keep one of the two of them, you know, and, and, um, so they brought riddle up. I haven't really heard anything more about those, those accusations. So I don't know if, yeah. if she brought charges against him or if, um, you know, it was just, she, she made the accusation and, and then that was the end of it. But, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things, shady stuff going on yeah. in the WWE. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, to the match we're getting yeah. sidetracked that's it it's great yeah. conversation the moment. um well who do you think is coming out on top of that one I mean there's a lot of wild cards I mean I don't think Asuka wins for a second time um Zelina Vega would be huge as a return to come back and win I'm intrigued to see who this eighth contestant is going to this eighth superstar to come into the match so uh what are your thoughts yeah I don't know again this is um
0: this is another one of those where I'm, I'm very torn as to, to what they're going to do here. Right. I could see the logic, like you say, with Selena Vega kind of coming back to win. Um, I was honestly kind of shocked that they, they brought her back at all. Honestly. Um, um, especially after, uh, you know, after losing Alistair Black to mm-hmm. AEW, um, but I, I don't know. I don't see Zelina winning, mostly because I don't think Zelina has the the in ring skill set hmm. to to be you know the the face of the mm-hmm. company uh, in that that female role. Um, I I really think that whoever that eighth person is going to be, uh, and I don't know if they're going to bring in some some Hall of Famer, some Legacy star, maybe Beth Phoenix comes in or somebody There's like some that,
1: or that. Sonya Deville is going to get back to wrestling and then she's just going to take that spot for herself. You know, that would actually
0: kind of make a little bit of sense to me given the way that they've sort of handled her the last few weeks on SmackDown. I mean, because mm-hmm. she's been doing this thing where she comes out and she just sort of unilaterally says, I'm giving a spot in the match
1: to this person. Which was such an odd change from her as a full-time performer to all of a sudden this managerial role without any announcement that it was happening. It's kind yeah. of like Adam Pearce becoming that on-screen personality kind of randomly. So, a lot of random unexplained happenings in the WWE these days.
0: But I mean, I, I could see this that being like a kind of a slow build to maybe her her turning heel and you know, returning to active competition. I mean, that that, that could work. That could be fascinating, but there's really no one in that, that match that I look at and go, Oh, that's an obvious
1: sure. choice
0: for, for who's taking this. And I think it especially gets thrown up in the air a lot because of the, the Bailey injury, you know, this, this ACL tear or uh, whatever it was is. Um, I mean, I think that just kind of throws the, the whole thing yeah. uh,
1: completely up yeah. in the air. Maybe this is uh, Becky Lynch's return. Maybe we'll see her as an eighth spot, and she's coming back. I mean, that's yeah. because we know she's coming back. We know that return is coming soon. There's rumors of it happening at SummerSlam, so I guess we'll see. Yeah. However, I mean, that would, that would really be a shock, to I think, to most people know, she comes back and reclaims her spot as the man. And she could have a great program with Bianca Belair. She could also have a great program with Rhea Ripley who I'm hoping there's a clean finish to that match jumping kind of to the next match on the card or on the predictions, at least, Um, you know, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair who can't seem to have a clean ending in any of their matches. I don't know. So, you know, that would be, it would be fascinating in either direction they would go. I think they'd probably put her for the brutality aspect against um, Rhea Ripley or that caliber, even taking the crown from Charlotte. If she does win, there would be that animosity, although we've seen that match played out a hundred different ways, a hundred different times. So I think it would be interesting to see her and Rhea Ripley go head-to-head. Um, but also, you know, you've got Becky Lynch coming back as the heel character she was against the babyface Bianca Belair, and you've got two incredible athletes who can do a lot of different things. Although, the more and more I watch Belair's matches, I, I, she's making a lot of – like, there's a lot of botched finishes – in a lot of these matches I mean the hair at um, backlash I think that we had briefly talked about that um, at, in our personal communication um, I, I that botch where the hair was supposed to be wrapped around and she missed that there was a botch in the and hell in the cell there's a lot of I'm not sure if she's just getting too excited or I'm not sure maybe it's not her maybe it's someone else and they're just not working well but She's she's making a lot of mistakes at least from the outside looking in so maybe it is this time that she's going to drop her her championship
0: oh i i don't well i mean i, I mean it's possible i don't i definitely don't think she's dropping the um the title at money in the bank cuz i mean i i can't see them putting the title on to uh uh Carmella i mean she just she has Practically no no right. heat on her right now, you know. I, well,
1: that, I that match has moved to SmackDown, right?
0: Yeah, that's moved to SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, I called it the Money in the Bank match, but it's now it's technically not. not,
1: not I mean, not, not, technically not anymore. It was supposed to be, but right. But, yeah, you know, here, here's the thing. I, I think that uh, I mean Bianca
0: had one of the great matches you know uh, of all time in at at wrestlemania i mean it was a a terrific moment for both her and sasha banks and um just incredibly well wrestled um yeah yeah i I don't think that they're gonna i don't don't think they're gonna take the belt off of uh bianca for a while um it's really gonna take um (laughs) You know, somebody special coming back, I think, to to take the belt off of her, whether that is, you know, like you say, Becky Lynch coming back and and taking it off of her uh, would be very interesting. Although I think it would be a I think it would be a huge mistake to bring Becky back as a heel. I mean, when Becky Lynch comes back, uh, she is going, you know, it's going to be a gigantic pop. Mm -hmm. I mean, like just just a huge pop for her. Um, trying to get the audience to immediately hate her after she's been gone for whatever it's been now, 10, 11 months.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess that would make sense months. for a program with Rhea Ripley because she would be the face in that kind of and then she would, yeah. Then there's another program with Charlotte. There's that animosity which will play out. It, it's just I'm just I wanted to do everything to avoid Charlotte being in the spotlight. I think we've talked about this prior. I'm not a fan of her, I, I'm not a fan of her, period. So it's just... Although I, I will say I I, I, someone else if, would have a chance. If... Not if.
0: When... uh, When Becky Lynch comes back, I mean, it seems obvious to me that she's going to be on SmackDown because that's where Seth is. And they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to break those two up. I mean, they're going to let them travel together, right? So mm-hmm. she's going to have to go on to SmackDown so that she travels with her husband. Okay. um which means that you know either you bring her back as a face and and you just I mean you could do a a face against face match and it would be fine I mean people would would still accept that I think mm-hmm.
1: but, um yeah you know I mean I that's a good point too uh, but the, and then again there are also there's a lot of rumors happening nobody knows what's happening at all but there's supposed to be supposedly a draft coming up uh, it was scheduled originally, I think, for SummerSlam-ish. I think the Monday after SummerSlam, I think they were planning on doing a draft. Um, but I think that's also changed recently. So, I mean, maybe she'll come back now, and then maybe they'll switch things up at the draft. Or, I mean, the live events are coming back. You know, SummerSlam is the first is – that, is that the start of their touring, SummerSlam? No, no. The, the it was, first – this Friday is the oh, first. show. Okay. Yeah. okay. So – I don't know. It's weird. It's just a lot of uncertainty going on, and a lot of unpredictable things that I want to predict really badly. <laughs> I mean, that, honestly, that's that's what I'm looking forward to about
0: Money in the Bank more than anything else is that you know whether and and for SmackDown as well. I mean this this Friday SmackDown is just going to be uh, you know incredible because the first time you put a, a full live audience in front of them. I mean, you know, you you could bring the absolute worst wrestlers out there and have the, the most terrible matches you've ever had in your life. People are, that crowd is going to be white hot. I mean, just blazing hot Mm -hmm. for whatever happens out there. And then especially, you know, you put money in the bank, the, the, not the next night, two nights from then uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, you're, it's going to be really interesting. I I think it's going to be, instructive for a lot of what happens to the company over the next couple of months, because to a certain degree, you know, they've been kind of been flying blind. I mean, it, it, you haven't had live reactions to any of the moves that they've made mm-hmm. for the past year. Or so guys that they think are over may turn out not to be over at all. And people that they thought weren't, you know, working out,
1: they mm-hmm.
0: actually kind of
1: rise up the ranks. We'll see. Hmm. So skipping down uh, the next two two matches, the last two matches, because we kind of talked about Lashley Kingston. We've kind of talked about Ripley and Flair. Um, Roman Reigns and Edge, I mean, I think it, it would be shocking to everyone if, if Roman Reigns, for some reason, were to lose this match. There's too many rumors about John Cena coming back and that, that program happening. I think he has to have the championship in order for that program to really mean something. Um, and so th- there's really no way that edge wins this and the build for this match incredibly quick um i mean a month literally a month program to this match i mean i feel like it could have gone on maybe another month and then this gone at SummerSlam and, and been great there i don't know what the rushed the rush was for although i suppose they don't have a ton of i mean but this is the thing he, he he's been so dominant i want to see him dominate just everyone on the route just put him against someone just to say he's you know defending his championship and I think that's a knock on well it's creative in terms of Bianca Belair because she she doesn't defend outside of paper I mean she's wrestled maybe three matches since winning the championship I feel like she's not on a lot of the the Smackdown episodes and just you know wrestling she's not having she's promoing but there's no matches that are happening at least in singles competition and maybe that's you know, protecting her from injury because, of course, that could happen. Um, and so they're they're protecting her so that she can be back when live touring happens. But I don't know. So so it's interesting. Roman's kind of the same way. You see him in tag matches or you'll see him when the Usos are fighting, you'll see him come out and, and cause havoc. Um, but Edge just kind of came out of nowhere and they rushed the program. So, I mean, it's going to be a good match, you know, probably. I don't see Edge getting squashed, but he's going to lose. Um yeah,
0: yeah, no, I mean there's there's no way Roman loses this match. <laughs> I mean no. he's he's uh well I, I don't know. I will I'll back off of that a little bit and say it's possible he loses the match. There's no way that he loses the belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I could see a DQ finish here, I could see a count out finish, something like that, where if if they want to Get the program out like you're talking about the SummerSlam, you know, they could they could give Edge some sort of you know, when, where he could, he could then go back on and say, well, technically I beat the world champion Yeah. or the universal champion, I should say. But, you know, I got screwed out of the belt, blah, blah, blah. And, and extended out to SummerSlam, but they're not taking the Roman Reigns is the hottest thing they have in this company right now. They're not taking the belt off him.
1: Well, I have a question for you because you are, by all for all intents and purposes, the largest wrestling aficionado I've ever met in my life. Um, and so there are there are two endings that were completely botched that really annoy me, and, and then I just have questions of. One, the Kevin Owens match. I mean, the referees are supposed to call the match regardless of how the ending is supposed to happen if something, if a mistake happens, they're supposed to call the match fairly. Right. And and so that match at, I don't I think that might've been backlash. uh, The ref stopped counting because Paul Heyman and and Roman Reigns messed up. They couldn't get the handcuffs off and the ref just blatantly stopped counting. And then we had 45 seconds of watching them awkwardly struggle to get the handcuffs off. And they jumped in like nothing happened. Like the ref hadn't already gone through the six count. Um, so that i mean i get it they, they they didn't feel like rewriting the story they didn't call the match i don't know why that match was stopped and called that way but going on from there at wrestlemania why is it that roman was considered the winner of that match because the ending of that match was daniel bryan edge and roman and so the pin, I mean I, I get we've seen double pins happen a million times before it yeah. happens all the time. Um so it's just intriguing to me that uh I guess I guess now that I think about it that way. Are you, you're you're suggesting that
0: technically Daniel and- Bryan should have also won the match because he pinned I mean I, I can see the logic there, but I, I think that um I mean, they, listen, they, they've got a a bit of, um, this is like a a little bit of wrestling logic, right? Um, a double pin can occur when they want one to, but there's also been, there have also been examples of wrestlers who, to show their dominance would, um, they'd have a a jobber match and it would be a handicap match where they pin two or three jobbers at one Mm. time just to prove, you know how dominant they were, yeah. and I think that's you know they certainly didn't want Edge and Daniel Bryan to seem like jobbers, but they they had set in their mind that one of the ways they wanted to show the dominance of of Roman um, was to have him pin both of them at once, and and because he was the guy that was on the top of the pile, you know, I mean, who, whoever's on the top of
1: the pile uh, wins in this case. I guess um, I guess that. I, I I don't know why I didn't think about it that way, because we've seen double pins, for example, as you explained a million and a half times before, but it just seems so wrong to do. It's it's just it's annoying. Here's here's the thing. If if Daniel Bryan if I like,
0: say this, if Brian Danielson hasn't been at the end of his contract and had re-signed with them, then I think they probably would have gone a slightly different direction with it. And maybe he would have said, Well, you know, technically, I pinned Mm-hmm. Edge and you pinned me, but you know mm-hmm. they, they could have made an argument. I suppose for for you know Daniel Bryan having more matches down the line, but I mean they they knew that Daniel's contract was going to be up in a matter of of months, and that he wasn't going to resign. Um, and so I think you know in their minds this was this was Daniel doing a favor on the way out, which is, you know, from old school logic, is what you're supposed to do. You know, you're, you're about to leave. You, uh, you, you, you give somebody the rub on the way out.
1: And Cheney has question? to go to a meeting cause he's <laughs> a hater. So it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll rock it out. Travis is on his way. He should be here shortly. He, he got stuck at the baseball game. So he's on his way. Um, But yeah, that's a that's a good point. I I don't know. I don't. It's a very interesting money in the bank because a lot of things can happen. A lot of different storylines can take place depending on how it plays out. So I'm rather intrigued to see what's going to happen. But I just I don't know. It's uh...
0: well, I I maybe I've uh, kind of had my head in the sand because honestly, this is the first I've heard about the uh, the John Cena return. Yeah, there's a
1: lot of rumors that he was coming back. He's they've said yes and no. Um, He's filming a movie right now, but it sounds like his part in the movie is going to be finished in time for him to be able to come back. I mean, there are a ton of rumors about SummerSlam that they're bringing back a ton of people, which is kind of how people are. I think they're trying to explain away all of the releases Mm-hmm. Because there's talks that um, Becky Lynch is coming back. There's talk of John Cena coming back. Um, there's even talk of Brock Lesnar coming back. Um, there was some mistaken graphics posted on one of the episodes. Um, Paul Heyman was doing an interview recently where talking about, you know, if Brock Lesnar comes back, you know, where do his allegiances lie? That type of thing. I think that would be an interesting program if he does come back you know, is it a fight for Paul? Does does Paul just be like, well, Roman, you know, you were my guy, but my actual guy is is back, so I'm gone. Or did they have a match like a you know fight for a manager match? I'm sure that's happened at some point in the history of WWE, so that would be kind of interesting. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I you know, I could see Brock coming back. I mean, Brock. My understanding is that that Brock kind of rubbed people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. uh at mania when he left because he didn't want he didn't want to do business he didn't he didn't like um being asked to lose in the way that he was being asked to lose um and so you know he he just he he kind of rubbed people the wrong way as as he was leaving um but i mean Oh, well, who cares? You know, plenty sure. of people have rubbed Vince the wrong way and, and done things that, that were not so great to him. Uh, I mean, you know, the ultimate warrior basically held him hostage uh, and a pay-per-view to get extra money out of him. And said, I won't go out there unless you pay me, you know, X amount of money over what my, mm-hmm. my normal paycheck is going to be. And yet a few years later, he worked with the ultimate warrior again. You know, I mean, uh, if, if, it's hard to do something that's so bad to Vince that he wouldn't work with you again. Um, I can't think of too many instances where it's happened. Like, you know, not that I can't think of any, but not very many. Right. Um, so I could see Brock coming back. Uh-oh.
1: No, nope, you're good. I'm just uh, switching cameras.
0: Yeah, I could see Brock coming back. I mean, I, I think Becky, we always knew Becky was going to come back. You know, I, I don't think that was ever in question. Right. Sure um now uh once ronda has her baby
1: it's possible that she's going to come back at some point i think it's I don't know she's she's i've heard she's talked about not wanting to come back i don't know that we're going to see ronda Rousey in the wwe ring again i think she rubbed a lot of people the wrong way i think she made some negative comments about her time in the wwe that kind of pissed people off a little bit so i I, and and she never really had a truly spectacular match, in my yeah. opinion. She was there, but you know, I think that there's a lot of people that are already there that that can do the job of a of a Ronda Rousey. Um,
0: well, you know, after that that fight a couple of nights ago, I would say once his leg heals, that uh, Conor McGregor might want to think about <laughs> making the switch over to the WWE. You no,
1: know, he he might definitely. He's got the personality for it, that's for sure. It'd be an interesting. He, he uh, does.
0: And and I think it's fair to say that that Connor's real professional fighting career is is behind him. I mean, no. outside of you know weird exhibition kinds of things.
1: Yep, no, yep. No, no. That's a good point. It'd be interesting to see if they can, if he would know how to reel it in. I mean, he's got he's he's got that you know I'll do what I want when I want to do it type of attitude.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: can can he? exist in the world where Vince McMahon has all of the power to do everything and makes all the decisions. Can he, will his pride get in the way of ruining the bag? So to speak. So. I mean, maybe so, but you know, I, i I got the impression that Connor is
0: also a guy who has a lot of loyalty to, um, you know, the people that, that he works for. I mean, uh, I feel like there's a, a really close bond between him and Dana White. Um, when, when he had the, the boxing match, um you know supposedly he he was talking to dana white afterwards in the dressing room about apologizing to him basically saying you know i'm, I'm sorry i i've I let you down i failed you by not winning this mm-hmm. match and dana white going or are, are you insane like we <laughs> this was a huge deal you know we made yeah. a ton of money like I, I don't care that you won or lost um so you know i don't know it, it it's tough to say i, I my concern with Connor would be that he would be willing to do it for a couple of months, and then he might get bored and yeah, be like ah, you know, this isn't for me. I mean,
1: the it only had, way to do it yeah, being a Cain like Velasquez who had an awful match against Lesnar oh. yeah. that was simply disappointing. I didn't know what the point of bringing him on. I mean, he he could have been another dominant force if they would have, but he just you know he's a fighter, a real fighter, and sometimes that just doesn't translate. You know, yeah. the storyline aspect of wrestling.
0: I, I thought they, I thought to a certain degree, it was unfair to him. I mean, they they pushed him out there, obviously much quicker than he was prepared. Sure. You know, he he needed sure. a lot more time before he was ready to to go out there. He, uh, not ready for prime time, player um, mm-hmm. in that sense to to steal from SNL. Um, but you know, I thought the other thing that that was sort of immediately clear about. Uh, about Kane Velasquez was that he just, he had no charisma for the mm. business. I mean, like
1: it, he would, he would have needed a Paul Heyman mouthpiece in order for him to be able to work. And, and I'm trying to think, you know, Zelina wasn't with the company at the time. The language barrier might've been a concern if there is a language barrier there. Mm. And so there there are no, to my knowledge, any managers, at least in the game right now. Cause there, I mean, there are not a ton of managers anymore. I think they're kind of, you know, outside of Paul Heyman, they're kind of getting rid of that role, it feels like, for a lot of characters. I mean, even Karrion Cross, um, and Scarlet have recently made that split and she's going on to kind of a singles career. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels like a lot of uh and and, and much to his um detriment, I think. Uh, his character and uh, just a lot of things worked so much better with her, with him than without. And uh, so I feel like there are no true managers that even at that time would have been able to make him an over character. I mean, it was clear that they were attempting. I, mean, I understand the purpose. Right. Kane and Brock have history from the UFC. So, sure. of course, you know, he's now with WWE. So bringing Kane in, there's going to be that heat, that animosity between them. So people, maybe it was their attempt at more crossover, but they've really, outside of Brock Lesnar, are there any professional UFC MMA fighters who have made a successful transition to WWE or vice versa? I mean, CM Punk had a, a, a very short career um, in the uh, UFC. with His second loss, he had two losses. One was actually just recently overturned this past week. Um so you know, CM Punk he goes out, um, and he loses. Dave Batista had a short career in the uh, um, MMA. Um, Brock Lesnar, obviously, then, was it, kind of successful. He was a champion at some point. So, well, you know, I mean, Shayna Baszler was uh, a an, an MMA fighter before right. she. But uh, we've seen what they've done with her, and it. I mean, even Sonya, uh, not Sonya, was Sonya in the MMA also. Uh, I think Sonia might have had a career in MMA. I, I'm not
0: 100% certain okay, on that. I don't want to really commit to that answer. Um, but, you know, if we go back further than that, I mean, um, uh, Ken Shamrock was very successful in, WWE in the 1990s. Um, to a lesser extent, guys like uh, Steve Blackman and mm-hmm. uh, Dan Severin both had careers in the WWE. Um, I mean, if you, uh, Jack Swagger had, um, really, really uh I mean, he, he had, he went into MMA much later, but I mean, if we're, if we're gonna give CM Punk credit for, you know, dabbling in, in, um, <laughs> UFC, then, uh, I think, you know, Jack Swagger deserves, or Jack Hager, I guess, uh, now deserves credit for, uh, you know, he, he's, he's wrestling, not in the UFC, but I mean, or fighting in the UFC, but he's fighting in MMA promotions. I think he might have done maybe a pride fight or two,
1: something like that. Sonya Deville has two, three matches professionally in MMA. I don't think it was ever UFC, but she was, uh, she's two and one in her career. One Mm -hmm. knockout, one submission and one, she, her loss was a decision. So, Mm -hmm. but modern day, I mean, Ronda Rousey, she had some success. She was a champion, you know, so, you had that, but I think they had to give it to her. I don't think you bring in Ronda Rousey and not and, and don't give her a championship. You know what I mean? Like that to me, that would have been a very unfortunate uh, program to not have given her. I mean, the the hype was just way too high for her up, Travis. The hype was just way way too high for her coming in. That had she never have won a championship, I think we really would have been disappointed to see that. So, oh,
0: I mean, it was it was pretty obvious from the second that she came in. You know, you just you know that she's
1: going to she was going to win a championship. I, I I was honestly giving her the, giving her the rowdy Roddy Piper um, gimmick, you know, with the 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 skirt, the plaid, the, the music, everything about it was okay, they're they're going to make her into something that's going to be a champion. So
0: yeah, well, and and you yeah, know, I thought although she may not have made the best of friends with everybody backstage, I thought she did an amicable job for, you know, the time that she was there and, and what she was given. I mean, you know, Ronda Rousey did not embarrass herself by any stretch Mm -hmm. of the imagination, um, during her run. Um, but you know, I mean, to your, to your point about there not being more people who have kind of crossed over from MMA, um, you know, I would tell you, look, if you're a young man or woman, who has the physical ability at the highest possible levels to wrestle or to fight in MMA or to be a WWE wrestler, you're going to choose to work in MMA because you could fight two or three times right. a year and make a much larger amount of money than you'll ever see mm-hmm. in wrestling professionally. I mean, the, you know, the, you can make if, if at the very highest levels of MMA, you can make, you know, 10, 15, $20 million a fight and, I mean,
1: you won't sniff that, that in to, your career. Undertaker, with Rock, they, they might be the only Stone Cold, maybe the only people to have ever sniffed or come close to that amount of money. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, compare that to having to to work 285 days a year. Um, you know, going all over the country and all over the globe in non COVID times. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of those sounds a hell of a lot more appealing to me.
1: <laughs> than one. Although I, I will say. I, I, you can only punch me for real a couple times before the money is just not worth it anymore. Uh, I, I, you know what I get, what would I, would I take a punch from Mike Tyson. Uh, now I wouldn't take a punch for $20 million in his prime. I certainly would not do it now because either way that's real life damage that I don't, the, the money's not going to be able to fix that. You know? So, so the injuries I will, more than likely sustained in in UFC would be significantly worse than than most injuries not that things serious injuries don't happen in the world of professional wrestling but you know I, I i'll take the i'll take the uh less chance of dying from a kick to the head than uh than the money well yeah you know i mean look i <laughs>
0: I've had that conversation with friends before. You know, like, <laughs> how much how much money would it take for you to let you know somebody yeah. like Mike Tyson punch you in the face? And it's like,
1: well, I mean, I wouldn't I, have him punch me in the leg. He would break my leg in half. He would break yeah, my steamer. Yeah. There's no way I'm taking a punch to the head. No way. I'm not. No.
0: <laughs> Do I get to wear headgear when it happens? Yeah.
1: yeah. Or, you know, can I? Can he punch me through a bubble? Can I grab right, yeah. a bubble wrap?
0: <laughs> um. Little, little, two side stories here, real quick. Um, my, my dad, uh, many years ago, um, when he was, you know, uh, living in Florida, he and Monty Sop were on a, um, like a softball team together, um, played with each other for a little while. He had no idea who he was, of course. I mean, you know, he didn't have any idea that he was going to be a a big deal or or care about the business in any way um but anyway i mean he he played with him Said he was a nice guy um and uh uh, i i have met tito uh, a couple of times um at signing super nice guy um and um i actually have his number in my phone right now um, because, uh, when I was teaching a class on professional wrestling, I was trying to work out a deal for him to to come in and, and talk to the class. And that would so I've got a couple of wrestlers numbers in my phone and, and
1: Tito happens to be one of them. I, I remember, uh, vividly remember <laughs> legends of wrestling. I don't know if you remember that video game, uh, from the early two thousands. Uh, I don't know what it was about Tito Santana, but I vividly, I mean, this is a memory I will never forget in my life. We're playing, this is probably PlayStation one, maybe early stages of PlayStation two. And my sister, my younger sister, my dad and I would play legends of wrestling all the time. And my sister's choice for some reason, she is not a wrestling fan at all, but she was always Tito Santana and she would always, always destroy us no matter what. Um, Whenever she was Tito, she was getting that win and it was really a, a shot to the heart there because I, I consider myself a, a rather large fan of wrestling and to lose to her over and over again, who she doesn't even know who she has. It's just it's a tragic experience.
2: <laughs> Tito Santana, maybe the definition of just a solid wrestler, no charisma, no flair, nothing special about him, but could just go in and, and give you a good wrestling match.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I thought Strike Force was an excellent tag team. Um, I mean, really, really great tag team back in the eighties. And um, you know, Tito was the sort of guy who, uh, when they broke that tag team up, unfortunately, um, he just, he, he kind of fell to the wayside a little bit compared to Martel. Um, but, I mean, if throughout the rest of his career with the WWE, if they ever had a new guy they brought in, they wanted to see if that guy could work or not, they would put him in the ring with Tito. And then when Tito came back to Gorilla, he would either tell Vince either, yeah, that guy's all right, or... We don't need this dude in our our locker room Uh, because Tito could wrestle you one time and figure out either. Yeah, you can work or you you haven't got
1: it and you're not ever going to get it. Yeah,
2: that's pretty cool. Uh,
1: We have uh, the Venomous Duo. Are we taking questions? We will now. The show is officially over. Lowry, congratulations on the win. Uh, so now, as long as you both want to stay here, I mean, I don't have anything to do. I know it's getting kind of late, much later than usual. Um, but he did have a, or this venomous duo did have a question that would be interesting to talk about. And if you have more questions, throw them in the chat if they have time for it. As long as you guys are willing, we'll, we'll just kind of chat around. Uh, so where do we rank JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, all time? It's a, a really tough question. I'll let you two take that uh, take the lead there. Travis, you can go first. Yeah. I was never personally a big
2: JBL fan um, even coming up as his, his time with Ron Simmons uh, with the APA. I, I, I never was a big fan of his individual, um, the, the JBL character, but I, I know he had, he was, he was, and correct me if I'm wrong. He was labeled as a hard worker, uh, hard in the sense that, you know, he'd hit you and you'd feel it. Um, he was stiff for sure. Um, but I, I don't know. There's something about me that I've I don't wouldn't necessarily say I've grown to appreciate him over the years, um, but I think he definitely has a place in history, um, and he's he's part of that era, that transitional era um, that John Cena kind of held the mantle for, and they had some good matches together. And yeah, I I wouldn't rank him high all time, but uh, he's a respectable uh, wrestler for sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, listen, I um I I would I would fall into kind of the same area. I mean, I. I definitely respect the um, the run that JBL had as the you know the billionaire sort of character the um, the run he had near the end of his career. I, I thought it was really nice that um, you know a guy who clearly loved the business so much and and who had put his heart and soul into it you know got to have that really great run. And, and he, we talked a lot about guys who don't have charisma uh, tonight. Um, one of the things I can say about JBL is. He had a lot of charisma to me. I, I just I felt like it, once he found that character yeah. and it was so close to who he was in real life um, that he could kind of of draw on that. It, things got a lot better for him. If anything, I felt bad for him that he didn't find that like ten years earlier, mm-hmm. so he could have had a much better uh, career beforehand. But um, I mean, all time list. I mean, he he's not even in my top, you know, one hundred. All time wrestlers. Um, like he's, he's, he's not that good. You know, it, once, once JBL got in the ring, um, things could only become mediocre for me. Um, he wasn't terrible, but he was, he wasn't great. You know, I mean, like the best matches he probably ever had in his life were with Eddie Guerrero, and a hundred percent of that credit goes to Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> right. Um, so, um, yeah, I I know I'm I'm being maybe I'm being a little rough on the guy <laughs> I I I don't mean to 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 you know be too hard on him but I mean when I, when I think about top wrestlers of all time I mean I'm going back to like the 1940s and 50s and thinking about some of the guys that wrestled back then you know your your Lou Fezzes and people like that have to be included in there and Frank Gotch and folks like that that are you know all time greats uh, to me. Um, I, I will say one fun story about the stiffness of of JBL when he debuted at, at Survivor Series. Um, he was on a team opposing the Undertaker. And the Undertaker, I think, talks about this on one of the, the WWE network shows. But um, when JBL came into the match, he he got Taker in the corner and he started punching him. And he was so excited to be you know in a WWE ring on a pay per view that he was punching him a little too hard. Uh, and apparently Taker told him, you know, something like, God damn, do I owe you money? Um, and, and he just told him, like, what you're going to do right now is you're going to go tag Shawn Michaels in. And I'm going to wrestle Shawn for the rest of this match. You see your ass in the corner. And apparently JBL sat the rest of that match in the corner and thought, to himself, well, it was a fun time while it lasted. I am going to be fired after this because uh, I pissed off one of the most powerful people in the company. So. That's, that's hilarious. Great. You know, I'll I'll look back on this night fondly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the start and end of my illustrious career. Yeah, yeah, you know, what, what was your WWE <laughs> career like? Well, I punched the Undertaker too hard. <laughs> now I bag groceries. You know, so what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, I didn't. That's not the way it worked out for him. Thankfully. That's uh. Yeah, very... they became good friends afterwards. Absolutely. They 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 Taker didn't hold it against him for long. But in the moment, I think he was just like, listen, bud. Like, yeah, I know you're excited, get, but I've been here for a while,
1: and I get it. You know, stepping into the ring with Taker is like you know you you, you got to be special because it once he, I mean, Ian it was pretty clear from the beginning of Undertaker's with, with that gimmick, and really he had success in every gimmick he had. I mean, even the American Badass had some relatively decent success because it just he is just that type of personality that you would believe looking at him, all of six ten, however tall he is, and just. The way that he's built, the way that he looks, the way that he talks, you believe that he will absolutely beat the shit out of you no matter what. And, and so, like any gimmick he he had, pretty much, you're gonna believe that he that that you're in trouble. So I completely understand that it was like you know that that nervous energy you get and just losing it. Um, in terms of the question, I, I was never a JBL fan. In fact, he's one of my least favorite characters simply because I think he he led the way I think that that his gimmick um, as JBL was so different than Bradshaw. And I, I actually liked Bradshaw as a character a little bit more in terms of just being that type of, I mean, I you know, Bradshaw's like someone that looked like he could hurt you. JBL is like, well, you know, he's just kind of there. I was, in my, in my opinion, as a wrestler looking at the character. Um, but then I think that we, we got, unfortunately, a, a ripoff version of JBL in Alberto Del Rio, Um, who I also don't like very much as a wrestler. Um, But those characters seem so intricately linked, and and you could see kind of taking one from another. And and I I don't know, just not a big fan. I think it's the pompous attitude that really just irks me a lot um, because it's believable. And I guess that's a great thing for the character work, but it it just made me dislike them so much as a character, it was hard to appreciate them for their in-ring abilities or lack thereof. I mean, I think that, you
0: know, JBL left a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth as a human being, um, because of the way that they treated people outside the ring. Um, you know, he had a, a really bad reputation for being, um, bully and, and for, for mistreating people. Um, you know, the Maro Ranallo situation was really awful and, and completely unnecessary. Um, and, uh. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, personally, I mean, I, I really liked Birdo's in-ring work. Um, I thought it was really great in the ring. But, uh, man, as a person, ooh, Birdo, Birdo's
1: real rough. Interesting question from a venomous duo here. HBK, was his career better than that of The Undertaker? Um, I remember watching the end of the streak. It was the most heartbreaking night of my life in terms of watching wrestling that I I, I, I still won't understand. I, I can get the Brock Lesnar and losing the Brock Lesnar. I'm more surprised by the fact that Mark Calloway would take that loss and that he would decide to end this. What's interesting about the streak ending was the streak ended and it didn't mean anything for his career because he still wrestled after that. Had it been, you know, the streak is over, I'm retiring. That's different than okay. I'm going to I'm going to lose to Brock Lesnar and break the streak that I've had my entire career and had some fantastic matches against wrestlers who were much more deserving of a win than uh, Brock Lesnar was. And then for him to wrestle, I, I mean, you can't really call it wrestling. Um, but that match with John Cena that lasted all of 25 and a half seconds. A couple years after that, you have losing to Roman Reigns again, it didn't do that much for Roman because at the time Roman was a face or at least a bad heel. Um, and, you know, if it was Roman now, I could see losing because it would mean something to him as a character and as a as a wrestler. But having him lose to Roman at that time, it was simply unimpressive to me. Um, and so I'm surprised that Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, with as much pull as he has in the company, would would, would be willing to, to lose something so important. I, I feel like it would be important to him, at least, uh, to, to someone like Brock, who a part-timer who, you know, I don't think deserved it. But it's uh, interesting to see both of your thoughts also. And Shawn Michaels is one of my favorites in the history of, of ever. So um, I, I think that, for me, uh, Undertaker will still go down as the greater wrestler. Um, but I, I don't know. It's interesting.
0: I can, I can do this really fast. Uh, Callaway has the better career. Hickenbottom
2: is the better wrestler. Yeah, I agree with that. I think when I, when I think of, of Shawn Michaels, just talking individual, uh, situations or incidents, you you go Shawn Michaels, Montreal screw job, um, in-ring performer DX, things of that nature. Um, it's funny you did bring up, uh, the streak ending Auburn. And I think it's, you know, not to sidebar too much, but it is interesting to see what that did for Brock Lesnar. And I think McMahon looked at that as an opportunity to push Brock, but also sell a lot of merchandise, let the man, even though it being a part-timer carry the belt for a while in the years that followed. And I don't know if we look at Brock the same way now um, that we we would had he lost the undertaker and undertaker would have kept his streak. So yeah, it, it's, that's a really good debate. I agree a hundred percent. Michael's better in ring performer, maybe the best of all time, uh, better career. If you want to look at you know, body of work from the time undertaker entered in 91. Now he was with WCW and some other uh, promotions before that, but body of work career wise undertaker for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and to a, to a certain degree, I mean, there's a little bit of this. that's almost unfair to Sean when we, we do this comparison, right? Because Sean has to step away from the business in the absolute prime of his life. Um, in part because of the undertaker, by the way, you know, I mean, he, he injures his back, um, uh, in that, um, Royal rumble match with, um, the undertaker, um, the casket match. He, he takes mm. the wild bump to the outside and, and hits his the smallest back on the, the casket. And, Um, now, I mean, you know, in fairness to the undertaker, Sean's back was messed up before that match. I mean, that was just like the, the, you know, thing that tipped all the dominoes over. If it hadn't been that, it probably would have been something else, but, um, and Sean was in a super bad place. Um, so who knows how long he could have kept like burning the candle at both ends before he would have detonated. But, um, but yeah, you know, when you lose like four or five years of your career, in your early 30s when you were, your body should be at the absolute peak of its physical abilities and I mean you know look like 1995 through 1997 or 98 like nobody could touch Sean like I mean Sean could get in the ring with absolutely anybody and he could either make you look great or he could make you look terrible. <laughs> if you were Vader, he made you look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um you know if, if you were any number of other people he made you look great um uh, i still feel bad for vader when i watched the 1996 summer slam like i just it my heart hurts for him because <laughs> poor leon didn't deserve that come on
1: um
0: but but you know it's a good example of how uh how unprofessional sean was as a person back then i mean you know um or you know wrestlemania 12 he he just tells Jose Lothario, get the get the hell out of my ring, you know. Like this is my moment. I don't. You get out of here. Like this isn't you. You didn't win this title. Um, this is me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, you know. But I mean, Sean. I think Sean could have had the best career of all time if he had been able to wrestle without any interruption. But that interruption, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a. a, a is Muhammad Ali what, what would Muhammad Ali have been like if he would have been able to box without interruption? We'll never know. You know, Joe DiMaggio being, being able to play baseball without any without an interruption,
2: who knows? You know, and uh, I wonder how much of that, how much of that, uh, you know, that immaturity or you know, basic disrespect for the for the sport, you know, some of those things we, you look at the undertaker and you don't hear any stories like that. You know, he appreciated the business. He appreciated his his opponents and, um, and the business. I it's, and you wonder had Sean had that same reputation, would he be looked at slightly differently? You know, or if say undertaker had that bad boy persona where he didn't give a damn and, you know, kind of disrespected, would he be looked at differently? So that's, that's an interesting conversation to be had, I think.
0: Yeah. You know, and there's a part of me that wonders sometimes with Sean, You know, I I saw an interview with Kanye West one time where um, they were asking him about uh, sort of, you know, some of the the crazy wild stuff that he did outside of making albums. And like, don't you think this is taking away from your artistry and all these other things that you're 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 trying to do? Um, And his answer, I thought, was actually really interesting. He said, you know, the things that you hate about me outside of my music are part of what helps me make the music that I'm making. Like I, I wouldn't be the same artist if I wasn't this person. So like you you can't hate me for what I'm doing outside of the studio and then say you love my albums. Because that 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 craziness that you're you're attacking on the one hand is my creative fuel that I'm using to make these records. And I think maybe some of the same could be true about Sean, you know, I mean like I mean yeah Sean was by all accounts, I I have never heard someone who knew Sean in the 1990s say, Sean Michaels was a great guy and you wanted to be around him if you weren't in the clique. <laughs> now, the clique guys, they'll, they'll say he was great. But if you weren't in the clique, pretty much everyone else agrees Sean mm-hmm. Michaels was a douchebag. Um, <laughs> but when you got in the ring with him, I mean, you know, it, it was poetry. It was art. Mm-hmm. It, you wouldn't <laughs> want to be in there with anybody else. You know, it, you're all you have to do is stand there and he's going to make you look like a million bucks. Um, so I don't know if he would have been the same guy without <laughs> that. Like,
2: yeah, he, he really for a while, he lived the character and maybe that you're right. Maybe that's what made him so unique and, and over the top. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder. He thought he had something to prove. I don't know
0: that I would agree that he did, but you know, he went out there every night. Like he was proving that he was the best that had ever done the damn thing. And I dare you to find somebody better
1: uh such an interesting could yeah, do that yeah. I, I've heard that a lot too this about this particular makes sense no Montreal screwdriver the second time. Is that the is is that the worst I have two questions that we'll we'll do with this one because it's here. Is that the worst uh scandal to ever the worst in-ring scandal to ever exist in the history of wrestling? Well it's a, the the
0: in-ring part of that is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sense. <laughs> um
2: I don't know. Let me think about that for a moment before I answer that. <laughs> yeah, I sure. don't. I off the top of my head, I would say yes. Um, but may you know, maybe we're we're you know creatures of the moment in a sense. Even though it was 1997, um, you know, maybe there were some things in the 70s and some you know smaller promotions we're we're not thinking of that we may have heard of. Uh, but but I almost feel like back then people policed the the sport differently had something like that happened in the awa in 1978 somebody was probably going to die um there was there was going to be a dead body in the locker room afterwards um but you know and that the only other thing because i just read an article on it recently was the uh was the Jeff Jarrett, Hulk Hogan, uh, Vince Russo debacle at the end of uh, the WCW run, which I think may have been a work shoot still. There's a lot of questions about that. Um, So that doesn't even necessarily hold a candle. But yeah, from from off the top of my head, definitely one of the most biggest in-ring things ever, yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to,
0: first of all, let me answer uh, the chat there for a second. I can assure you that Shawn Michaels would have been beaten to a pulp by the (laughs) (laughs) You know, Sean, Tito Santana story um, that that uh, Tito told me one time when I met him was that he had they had been on a plane together and Tito had gotten up to use the bathroom. And when he came back, Sean had taken his seat. And when he got back to the seat, he told Sean, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to get up and to walk back to your seat. And if you don't, we're going to have a fight. It's not a fight that happens in a ring. We're gonna have a real fight. And I think you both. I think we both know what's going to happen if that goes on. And sure enough, Sean got up and he did exactly what Tito asked because he knew what would happen. Um, and you know, nothing against Tito. Tito, big dude in great shape, but he wasn't you know six ten or whatever Taker was at the height of his power and three hundred and thirty-five pounds. Um, yeah, Mark Calloway would have murdered John Michaels. <laughs> instantly murdered him. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to cheat a little bit on this. I'm going to say technically the the biggest in-ring scandal that I think ever happened in the wrestling business was the death of Owen Hart. No. Um, Because he dies in the ring. Certainly. And he's not the first wrestler to die in the ring, I grant you. But the way that it happened Mm -hmm. the fact that they kept going with the show after he died. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's – I remember when I was teaching – uh, you know, my, my class on wrestling several years ago. And I, had, I, I actually had a lot of people in that class who were not wrestling fans. Um, and when I explained to them, you know, okay, well, Owen dies around the middle of the show and then they keep going with it after that. Uh, they were, they were shocked. And we, we had to spend about five minutes with me explaining like, <clears throat> how could they possibly have kept going? Like in what world would one of your performers drop from the ceiling, smash, uh, you know, onto the, the, the ring post. And then you would be like, well, you know, we got to keep going though. Um, yeah, And, you know, it's the sort of thing where I've, I mean, I am so numb to who Vince McMahon is and the way that he does business that in my mind, even then, and you know, uh, what was it? 98, 99. I was like, well, yeah, of course he's going to keep going. Yeah. I mean, was there was there ever a question about this? You know, I mean, yeah. I, it never even occurred to me that he wouldn't keep going. Um, but that's because you know I've I've seen so many many terrible things from him that I'm just like, well, yeah, that's who this man is. Come on. <laughs> um, and it took me a minute to like go, oh yeah, he, you haven't been desensitized to this yet, right? You. <laughs> You you haven't been had, you know, the, the, the humanity beaten out of you by this business yet. Oh, yeah, sure, that's that's what would happen, of course. Um and yeah, I mean you're right though. If if something like the Montreal screw job happened anywhere else, especially earlier on, um, yeah, I mean somebody somebody would have died. Although you know, there are a lot of people who think the screwdrop screw job was was pre planned to a certain degree and that it, more people were really in on it, including Brett than been talked about it I mean I I, I don't know i mean right. there
1: seemed to be some real- life heat in there I, it, I mean it seemed to catch him by genuine surprise and and the aftermath of all of that seemed to be that of a real I mean you have to be a really great actor to to sell that type of animosity and you know do I think Bret Hart has that great of an acting career ahead of him? Probably not. Otherwise, he would have gone professional in in the acting room. Uh, but I, I, I guess uh, like a man who's never seen Lonesome Dove, sir, <laughs>
2: <laughs> or his star turn on uh, Mad TV. Oh yes, his uh, his voiceover work on The Simpsons. I mean.
1: Yes. <laughs> The only other question that I had that I wanted that I want to cover real quick, because it is getting rather late, but I'm having a great time. I really don't care about sleeping. Travis, I might be asleep if you come to the school tomorrow. I might be sleeping off the table, but it'd be fine. Um, uh, Dang, what was the question? Oh, it goes back to a conversation we were having a couple minutes ago. Who is the one wrestler in your mind that... uh, you wish their career would have gone better based on injuries. If injuries were never around, if they strictly could have stayed healthy, if there was any outside uh, of the ring things that held them back, but who is that wrestler for you that you feel like should, would really have been a a greater star uh, in the WWE injuries, notwithstanding personal life and in in that type of stuff, notwithstanding who is your favorite in that aspect. There are a lot of answers to this question.
2: I know. (laughs) I I wanted you to go first here so I could collect Uh, myself. (laughs) I'll go go first so
1: that you both can think because I have the question. For me, and this goes back to one of my all-time favorite, favorite wrestlers, uh, I am a big, big Jeff Hardy fan. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, he had a World Heavyweight Championship at one point on SmackDown, I believe. uh, But I feel like, you know, he battled with so many demons for so long um, and that went from WWE, his time in TNA. I mean, there's that infamous matchup with, um, with Sting where he came uh, under the influence to the ring and, and they simply had to end the match, not the way that Hardy intended for it to be, but he was, I mean, in, in no condition to be in a ring at the time. Uh, and, and he's batted with substance issues his entire professional career, even before I watched that, the, the Hardy's documentary, um years ago and that was really uh very interesting to see so for me um with as big a jeff hardy fan as i am i would have loved to see what his life and his um career would have looked like had substance issues and injuries never been a factor i think he really could have been now he didn't obviously have the size to be a vince mcmahon you know face of the company However, uh, he certainly had the athletic ability and, and willing to put his body on the line at at every turn to be able to do something interesting. I think.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here. Or there, I'll have two answers to this question. Um, my first answer would be Brian Pillman. Um, mm. I thought Brian was one of the transcendent talents of his generation. Um, unfortunately, by the time he came to the WWE. He um, he had already been in an, a, a horrific car crash that by all rights should have killed him. Um, when you read about that car crash, I mean, you get through every line of it and you're just like, how did this guy survive? Like, why, why didn't he die in this? Um, <clears throat> so the neck injury that he suffered from that debilitated him to the point that he really couldn't do any of the high flying work that he was so well known for. I mean, you know, you watch him in the late eighties, early nineties and, the NWA and WCW. And I mean, he is just, uh, phenomenal, you know? Um, and if he could have had the control of his body in 1997 or 98 that he had back then. And of course, then if he hadn't died, um, you know, shortly after coming to the WWE and had gotten to have a full career there, I mean, I just, I think he would have done, incredible things. Um, The other person that that similarly had a very short career in the WWE that I I would have loved to have seen number one with full control of his body and um, with a longer career is uh, the Texas tornado, Kerry Von Mm Erich. You know, Kerry commits suicide not long after coming to the company. Um, He did have a run with the Intercontinental title, but he could have done so much more. And um, he had not told the company that he only had one foot when he entered the WWE, he had been in a motorcycle accident and lost a foot and he just didn't tell anybody. He had a a wooden foot that he put in his boot to wrestle with. Um, But before, you know, he lost a, a, a leg uh, or a foot. I mean, he was, you watch some of the stuff he did when he was working for his daddy's promotion in Texas. And he was, Hmm. I mean, you talk about a guy that one of the, the most, you know, good looking, charismatic, talented men you'll ever see in the wrestling business. I mean, Kerry Von Erich was a, he had all the buildings of a megastar and it just never got realized outside of that promotion.
2: Hmm. Yeah, Kerry Von Erich. I mean, they talk about him like he was a a god down there in the Von Erich family, but he was, you know, I've, I've read some stuff about him and just seen, you know, some stuff that he's been part of i i mean i go back and forth i guess it's not really injury related i know one guy um and he spent some time off just doing television um when i was growing up that i always thought i just don't know how this man wasn't if, if you do a mount rushmore and that that could be an entire podcast of its own if you haven't already done one of those Albin, um, i
1: think we'll make it happen That's yeah
2: i mean i have a i have a uh an objective mount rushmore but then but this guy if you're looking at just favorites mr perfect was one that i just don't know how he wasn't pushed to the moon i know he did have, he, he did have some injuries there in the in the early mid 90s where he was doing some managerial work for rick flair he was on television and prime time doing fantastic things but his his in-ring ability his mic work his charisma the vignettes that they did with him what i mean it was perfect in my eyes um Kurt Angle, I know, battled some injuries, but, I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, I don't know if he could have had a better WWE career. Um, I guess one guy that I always remember being injured, but, again, had such an incredible career, and we don't even really remember him being injured um, just with all the the different knee injuries. And I think we remember the comebacks more than we actually remember the injuries was Triple H. Um, he, He battled through a lot of injuries over his career. Um, so yeah, injury. if you're, if you're just looking injury wise, I don't really know if anyone comes to my head. I, I was sitting here like jogging my brain, trying to think you know, who, who missed a big push or who was in line for something, um, that an injury prevented them from, from achieving. And I couldn't really think of anyone, but you know, this is one of those things where when the podcast ends, I'll say, Oh yeah, I remember that or that, you know? So, but yeah, those are some guys off the top of my head that I just think to myself, you know, could they have been bigger? I mean, were they, did they reach their ceiling? I don't know.
0: I, I mean, I definitely agree that, that Kurt Henning, should have been a world heavyweight champion. I mean, you know, you, one of the great talents of all time and yeah, the back injury that he suffered in, uh, I think it was like 92 really just derailed him um, to a certain degree. But you know, the, the story goes uh, and I'm not a hundred percent sure of the veracity of this, but the story is that he was originally intended to win the rumble and face um, Hogan for the belt at WrestleMania six and, and then go over Hogan and become world champion. And that Hogan refused to drop the belt to him and to do a program with him because he thought it was unrealistic for a man, his size to lose to someone the size of Kurt Henning. Um, and you know, Hogan had all the power you could possibly want in the world in 1989, 1990. So, he can he can push somebody out of the way like that. Um, um, much like um, you know, talking about guys who didn't really get as maybe as big of a push as they could have in the WWE. Uh, Steve Austin refused to work with Jeff Jarrett in the WWE because, and this is true, he didn't like the way that he came off the ropes. Hmm. Wow! He, that he <laughs> looked weak when he hit the ropes and he said, "I won't work with a guy who can't hit the ropes hard." Hmm. and that was the end of Jeff Jarrett's push, yeah. because <laughs> um, you know in the in the late nineties, of Steve Austin says, "Nope, mm-hmm. that's the end of it." Mm-hmm. Um, and in fairness, you know, if you go look at the way that Jeff Jarrett hits the ropes, well, he could hit the ropes harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not wrong. I don't know if it means yeah. that he shouldn't have gotten the world championship push. Sure, but it does hit the ropes kind of rough. You know, so, yeah, it is very specific. Yes, it is.
2: Uh-oh. But
1: you know. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. But I'll yeah, throw
2: like, a, a name uh, out there that may not be show. too familiar to uh, some of the, the viewers and listeners, uh, WCW. And he was a victim of some injuries, but he was also a victim of bad writing. Uh, Mortis, who then became Chris Canyon, uh fantastic in-ring performer, had some unique mic skills. He, you know, He had some charisma, but he never really uh achieved you know a, a level of success that we're familiar with and I, I don't remember if he ended up taking his own life i know he did die um not too, maybe five years ago or so um but yeah he was another one that i i, I used to look at and think huh he he could be better <laughs> you know
1: mr mr nemeth is an interesting uh inclusion to this conversation yeah we you spoke know. previously i think uh, on the last podcast that you were on lowry about our, our dearest friend is it Nick? Is that his first name? Yeah, nickname. Nick Nick? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, have, I have I have mixed feelings about Dolph. You know, I, I kind of feel like Dolph actually has hit his ceiling. Um, I mean, did Dolph deserve a better run with the belt than what he got? Oh yeah. I mean, he 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 didn't get the the shot he deserved. I mean, Vince didn't ever really believe in him. Um much like Vince didn't really believe in, uh, in Ray Mysterio when Ray won the title. I mean, you know, Vince hated Ray's run with the world title. And the only reason that he allowed Ray to win the world title was because of what happened to Eddie. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, he felt like you can make a real story arc out of this, mm-hmm. um, which is not fair. Cause I mean, Ray's Ray Mysterio Jr. is, one of the great wrestlers. We talk about great wrestlers of all time. Ray Mysterio Jr. is one of the great wrestlers of all time. Um, he deserved better. I mean, but here's the thing. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Ziggler stuck around for so long and he's, he's had so many opportunities. I mean, it's, it's just hard for me <laughs> that bad for Nick, you know, Nick's, Nick's <laughs> had a pretty good career. I mean, I can't really look at his career and say like, you haven't really gotten what you wanted out of this. I mean, you know, uh,
2: I I, don't I think the the roughly, highlight of Dolph Ziggler, the, the, the highlight outside of the Spirit Squad, of course, which is that comment I saw come in, yeah. the highlight of Dolph Ziggler's career probably will always be uh, the pop that he received when he cashed in his money in the bank against Alberto yeah. Del Rio. That's one that I like to go back to every now and then and say, wow, he had them. That was pretty good.
1: I think everything about Dolph Ziggler I hate the most is his storyline romance with uh, Vicky Guerrero because her voice, her voice ruined everything that she ever touched. In my opinion, uh, that excuse me will forever haunt my dreams and nightmares. Uh, and so with Edge, with Dolph, every storyline when she was being the overbearing general manager, I I, I just could not attach myself to anything. Um, once that once that was uh Once that storyline was in place there, but I'll also say one other guy that I
0: feel bad for in his run was Shane Douglas, not in his 1995 run, but in his 1990 run with the WWE, he was actually meant to be a really big star. And if you go back and watch the 1990 Royal rumble, he's one of the, like the last three or four guys in the, the ring goes for about 45 minutes in that rumble, something like that. Don't quote me on the, the times here. Cause I'm having to spitball this off the top of my head, but it's somewhere around there. He, he, you know, he had one of those runs where it was very obvious. They were trying to make the point that like, this is a really great guy. He's going to be a big star for us for a long time. And we want you to remember who he is. And unfortunately for him, uh, Shane's dad got really sick right around this time. And he had to stop wrestling for a little while to go home and take care of his father. And it just really derailed all the momentum he had. He, he never got back on track from it. I mean, he had a great career in ECW did a lot of cool things. I mean, I will always remember him taking the NWA title um, and throwing it in the trash and being like, Hey, I don't give a damn Mm -hmm. about this title. Screw this thing. I mean, it's one of the great promos of all time. If you've never watched it before, go watch that promo. It's, it's excellent um and you know i mean yeah dean douglas's work was terrible but the dean douglas character (laughs) was terrible um and and yeah i mean he he got shit on Mm -hmm. in that run in the wwe but i mean he got on the wrong side of the click real fast and and he just it it he had no chance after that um but shane douglas was a better wrestler than he was ever given credit for in the major promotions
2: yeah, he had some he had some some really good matches um, in ECW actually with Taz. Him and him and Taz went back for the world title for maybe even over a year back and forth. They had some good matches, um, but yeah, the, he you want to talk about a guy that's been on the wrong side of history? He got on the bad side of the click and the bad side of Ric Flair. I mean, it, those are two uh, two enemies. It's really hard to come back from there. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I mean and he he was in a great tag team with um Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, um when he was in W C W Yeah, did some really great work. I mean, really really good stuff. So I mean, I, I feel like people sleep on early Shane Douglas yeah. and early Shane
1: Douglas was a hell of a lot better than he gets given credit for. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we have got about two podcasts here. I think I'm going <laughs> to end this and, uh, take the beginning 45, and then the last hour and a half, and I'm going to post that as its own episode outside You Think You Know. So, thank you guys so much. And I will most definitely be contacting both of you and Sorrell. And maybe you'll be around for the next one uh, where we can, and Cheney, who will actually hopefully be here for the next time, uh, be able to cover the uh, Mount Rush for more wrestling. That sounds like a fascinating conversation to have. So start thinking now your Mount Rushmore of singles competition uh, and your your Mount Rushmore of tag competition, uh, because I think that is a truly fascinating conversation to have. So be prepared for that. We'll get our schedules worked out and try and figure out a day to make that work. So, Travis and Lowry, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. This has been more than I ever imagined. And I hope you both had a good time and are willing to come back again. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All
1: right, guys. This is Gus. And Gus says, good night. See you guys, everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much. See you later, everybody. Take care.